0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Breachside Broadcast, home of the finest voxcasting either side of the breach. On tonight's episode, we have the conclusion of Common Ground, the story of Reva, a woman with an unusual affinity for the dead, and her companion Vincent, a rebel guild exorcist. Together, they have gathered a community of the living and the dead in a small clinic in the quarantine zone. I hope you enjoy the conclusion of Common Ground, right after this word from our sponsor. This episode of the Breachside Broadcast is brought to you by Dr. Gaskell's Quarantine Clinic. Dr. Gaskell offers the finest medical attention you'll find anywhere in the quarantine zone. We administer to the living, the dying and the dead. All are welcome. No patient is too deceased for our team. The arrival of the undead at the clinic was not as tumultuous as Vincent had expected. Initially, Reva's small following reacted with not unreasonable shock and fear of the walking corpses. But at Reva's prompting, they began to see past the decaying horror to the people beneath. Was Reva's influence on them really so strong, Vincent wondered. Perhaps, trapped in quarantine and doomed to die by plague, they held on to whatever shred of hope they could, and Reva was it. Or perhaps there was something more. Vincent shook his head. He could hardly believe the devotion she had inspired. Vincent found himself standing with Dr. Gaskell, her arms folded and a slight frown on her face as she watched Reva's few followers mingle with the dead. They had dressed them up to help hide who they were from others, but their slow, awkward motions made them stand out no matter where they went. What do you make of all this? he asked. Look. Everyone's seen undead before, she began. Every so often, some mad Reza gets an idea in his head to go on a rampage. And since we're so close to the quarantine zone, it's us that cops it. She harumphed. Then a pack of, well, people like you, no offence, come storming in, shoot up the place, make a big mess. One side or the other wins. You all skulk off to lick your wounds, and we pick up the pieces and get on with our lives as best we can until the next time. This, though, she shook her head. I don't like it. Vincent studied her face. You think they'll attack when we least expect it? She raised an eyebrow at him. Son, they don't look like they could hit the broadside of a barn. She shuddered as one of the followers embraced an elderly cadaver, yellow waika drooling from its mouth onto her shoulder. It doesn't look very sanitary. They're monsters! They should be destroyed! The grizzled man all but screamed in Reaver's face, his skin flushed with anger and fists clenched. His anger was directed at the two undead standing behind Reaver and Vincent, swaying slowly, seemingly trying to look as non-threatening as possible. Mingling with them were Reaver's handful of devotees, proud and defiant. All around, carefully keeping a safe distance from the walking corpses, the slum's inhabitants had gathered. They completely filled the rubble-strewn clearing that served as a town square, with some leaning off balconies or perched on rooftops to get a better view. Vincent took a single step forward. Inwardly he agreed with the sentiment, but if this rabble-rouser took a swing at Reva, he would break him into pieces. Several of the man's companions stepped forward as well, posturing, ready for a fight. The crowd was excited, uneasy. They hadn't known what to expect when the shouts had drawn them here, but nothing could have prepared them for the seemingly peaceful presence of undead in their midst. They were palpably afraid, but the sense that something important, or at the very least something violent was about to happen, held them captivated. Reva gestured for Vincent to back down and met the self-appointed spokesman's furious gaze. She spoke calmly, but there was a cold edge to her voice. Simeon, these people pose no threat to you. They simply people, Spittle flew from the man's lips as he spluttered in mock astonishment. Those, he roared, pointing an accusing finger at the undead, are not people. Who oh, amongst you, he demanded, turning to address the crowd, has not lost a friend, a relation, a loved one to these abominations? He paused, a murmur of agreement rippling through the throng. Nodding, he continued. I have. I've seen people, actual decent people, torn apart, devoured, he seemed to savour the word, by monsters just like these. They cannot be allowed to exist because of the word of this, this resurrectionist. The murmur grew, punctuated by shouts of support. Vincent was bristling, but he could also sense that the mood was against them. He was acutely aware of the fact that, regardless of the goodwill Reva had earned during their short stay with the sickly and dying, they were outsiders here. He scanned the assembled faces, noting which seemed more angry and which more afraid, plotting the path of least resistance to safety. "'Reva,' he growled in a warning tone. Reva's face betrayed no concern. Her voice rang out across the square, high and clear. "'It's true,' she began as Vincent shot her a look of alarm that the unliving you have encountered before have done terrible things. They have done so at the bidding of cruel and vicious masters with the power to compel their every thought and deed. Who amongst you, she echoed with a sidelong glance at Simeon, can truthfully say that they have never done things they regret, of which they are not proud when forced to by someone else? The crowd muttered, but seemed to be considering Reva's words. Vincent thought he saw a subtle blend of emotions flash across the faces of Simeon and his cronies. Momentary confusion, surprise, and a calculating thoughtfulness as they realized Reva's gambit. These people understand what it means to be powerless, Vincent thought. But you don't, do you, Simeon? These two, Reva swept her hand to indicate the undead, have broken free from such tyranny. They simply wish to find a place, to stop being between. With no masters, they are free to follow their own hearts and minds. That's not right. The thought leapt unbidden into Vincent's head. And he wondered why the strangeness of all this seemed to have only just struck him now. He'd dealt with wild zombies before. They were mindless, ravening beasts. They didn't have any desires or concerns beyond killing and eating anything they could find. And yet, these undead seemed genuinely motivated by a longing to be accepted. To feel a connection. To contribute. Their decay and expressions looked almost pleading. Was this Reavers doing somehow? They will bring the Death Marshals to our doorsteps, Simeon bellowed, trying a different tack. Undead walk in the streets. You think the Guild won't notice? They will bring guns and fire. They will raise your homes to the ground. And they will kill anyone they believe is working with these Resurrectionists, which will be all of us. We've all heard the rumors about your Arcanist ties, Simeon, Dr. Gaskell shouted. You're not one who gets to complain about drawing guild attention. A murmur went through the crowd at that. Vincent glanced at the doctor with a new respect, which was clearly shared by most of those living in this guild-forgotten ghetto. Simeon, for his part, looked taken aback, but years of ferreting out the truth had pitted Vincent against greater actors than him. He's going to be trouble, Vincent thought, as Simeon and his cronies melted back through the crowd. The next few days had been tense. One of the undead had been attacked. It was somewhat ironic, Vincent thought, that it was not safe for zombies to walk the streets at night, though Reva hadn't seen the humor in that observation. But they were resilient. Reva had begun to keep them in or around the clinic, helping to ensure their safety. But despite the trouble, the zombies did not fight back. I still can't quite believe... Vincent remarked to Reva as they sat by the clinic's fire during a rare break one afternoon. Some people have gotten used to... all this. He gestured, indicating the decomposing man relentlessly dusting all the clinic's surfaces. So fast. There are zombies in the streets in broad daylight. Normal people will be boarding up their windows to keep them out, but your followers seem to welcome their company. Doesn't that seem... I don't know... He gestured wildly, searching for the right word. Insane? People adapt. That's what they're best at. Most people can't afford the luxury of normal, so they make do with what they can get. Many of these people will travel beyond the veil themselves before too long, and you can't begrudge them wanting to believe that some small part of them might still live. I'm not sure how much you can call what these things are doing living. Get off, Vincent shouted shooing away the man that had begun trying determinedly to dust off the top of his head. I swear it does that on purpose. Don't be rude, Reaver admonished, but her eyes glittered with amusement. Takashi is just trying to help, aren't you, darling? The zombie made a disgusting wet noise that might have been the undead equivalent of a haughty sniff, and lurched away. Anyway, Reva continued, you can't— the clinic door crashed open as one of Reva's followers burst in, a wild look in her eyes. There was certain and blood on her hands and smeared across her face. Reva and Vincent were on their feet in an instant. "'My lady,' the woman gasped, one hand against the wall for support, the other holding her ribs. "'Catch your breath, Mara,' Reva reassured her, but the woman shook her head. "'No time,' she panted. "'Simeon is attacking your followers.' Mara swayed but remained standing. Simeon and the other two that are always with him, they were leading a mob, shouting about the dead staying dead. Some of us tried to stop them, but they have magic. I saw Simeon throw fire from his hands. Out of breath, she had to take a moment to compose herself. They're burning our houses. The guild aren't going to stop them, she gulped. We have to get you to safety. They'll be here any minute. Vincent looked to Reva. Her mouth was set in a thin line, and her fists were clenched in white knuckled fury. No, she said in a voice as hard and cold as iron. Sister, find the others. Tell them to arm themselves with anything they can. Takashi, she called, and the decaying man raised his head. Get ready. Follow the smoke. She strode to the door, her cloak billowing behind her. Vincent, she commanded, with me. Her voice brooked no discussion. Outside the air swirled with ashes. Another of Reaver's inner circle waited nervously, holding the reins of the horse that had first carried them here. Vincent helped Reaver into the saddle, and began to explain the path she should take to avoid the conflict. But she cut him short. We do not run. We are not cowed by those who would do us harm. We are not helpless. Other devotees began to emerge from the clinic, armed with whatever had come to hand. Kitchen knives, surgical implements, fireplace pokers. One of them wore a saucepan, hastily beaten into shape to form a makeshift helmet with the handle still attached. Mara was among them, and Vincent was surprised to see that she'd managed to find an old rusty guardian sword and shield the items almost comically oversized for her. They all wore expressions of grim determination and gathered in a circle around Reva as she spoke. Vincent scanned the area. There's not enough of us to handle a mob. His thoughts were interrupted by the voice of Reva cutting through all the sound and chaos. These are our streets, our homes, our people. Who will defend them if not us? If others bring us a war, then we shall be warriors. She raised her fist and the group let out a shout. Some wordless battle cry, motley weapons held aloft. In the thickening smoke, Vincent would have sworn that Riva shone within a light, and that it was reflected in the upturned eyes of her small congregation. I have to stop this, Vincent thought. She's going to get them all killed. She had seemed so lucid so thoughtful and self-possessed for such a long time that he'd banished his concerns about her supposed madness. But now they came flooding back in an unstoppable tide. The confinement, the isolation, the sedation. Perhaps they hadn't meant to hide her family's shame, but simply to protect others from being swept up in her insanity. Her devoted followers, willing and eager to follow her into certain death, were they merely filling a role in some deranged narrative she'd woven around herself? The next thought was even more chilling. Is that what has happened to me? Vincent reviewed the decisions he'd made since meeting Reva. Betraying the Guild, kidnapping her from her family, building a life in the slums, associating with the undead. Were those choices truly his own? He shook his head, trying to clear his mind, to sort the nagging doubts from the truth. No, he decided. I'm here because it is right. Her suffering was unjust and I rescued her. People were in need, so we helped them. The zombies... Well, somebody has to be ready when they inevitably turn on us. And she's right. These people are losing their homes and their lives, and nobody else is going to save them. His eyes met Reva's as she surveyed her troops, now whipped into a fervor. She nodded to him, and he returned the gesture. There must be retribution. By the time they rounded the corner of Thimble Street... The air was choked with thick smoke. Ahead, they could just make out vague human figures and the looming shapes of buildings, illuminated by the flames that roared around them. As they watched in horror, one of the burning structures collapsed into the street, the impact shaking the ground and scattering smoldering rubble across the cobbles. Jets of flame shot out from the hands of several figures in the haze, turning the fallen house into a blazing wall of fire. Even above the roaring of the inferno, Vincent could hear distant crashing and tearing sounds, Something large and very heavy was attempting to force its way through the debris. The figures began moving further down the street, heading in their direction, more incandescent streams leaping from them to the surrounding buildings. Whatever mob Simeon had gathered had dissipated with the ash and smoke, leaving just the majors before them. This is wanton destruction, Vincent growled. Reaver gave him a look of approval. You're beginning to see beyond the surface, she murmured, and Vincent got the impression she meant more than just the current destruction. This scenario had played out again and again all over Malifaux. Innocent civilians caught between rival forces that saw them as nothing but an inconvenience. To the others who were standing in shocked silence, she shouted, CHARGE! The devotees surged forward, howling in rage. They fell upon the nearest mage before he had a chance to react and bore him to the ground. He vanished, screaming as the ragtag group overwhelmed him, makeshift weapons plunging into the fray and emerging bloody, only to stab down again with frenzied vigor. The second mage caught sight of Reaver on her horse and began an incantation, elemental forces gathering between his hands. Acting entirely on instinct, Vincent stepped in front of Reaver and fired his crossbow, the bolt cleanly piercing the man's throat and snapping his head back. The heat from his interrupted spell swept over Vincent like a desert wind as he collapsed. Simeon, fingers dancing in some arcane pattern, whirled to face the group. You, he bellowed at Reva, meddling ghoul. All oh, this is on your head. You've forced our hand. Look at what you've wrought. One of the devotees rushed at him, but a sweep of Simeon's hand engulfed him in fire, his scream drowned by the flames. In a heartbeat, the man's body fell smoking on the cobbles, unrecognizable. Call off your dogs, Reva! This is between you and me! Reva shook her head, looking down at him sadly. No, Simeon. This is between you and the dead. She gestured to the burnt body that had just fallen moments before, casually raising her hand, and the scorched body was rising not struggling to its feet as one of the walking corpses might, but floating weightlessly like ash in a gentle breeze. A stark purple light welled up within it, spilling from its blackened eyes and mouth and the cracks in its charred skin. As it drifted, it turned slowly to face Simeon. The light extended, flowed into luminous tendrils that swelled and streamed towards Simeon, growing thicker, longer, sharper. With a snarl, Simeon threw both arms forward to incinerate the apparition. Quicker than Vincent's eye could follow, a glimmering curl lashed out from the floating body, fast as a striking whip but without a sound, barely disturbing the smoke that swirled around them. Simeon's hands landed on the cobbled street a few feet from where the man still stood, staring in disbelief at the stumps of his forearms. Blood spurted, bright crimson, and he slumped to his knees. With a shocking crash, the hulking form of a peacekeeper burst through the burning rubble, blocking the street. Vincent heard the blast of air from its pneumatic launcher, and a sickening crunch as the barbed harpoon impacted flesh and bone. For a split second, Mara stood transfixed, a look of surprise on her face, her rusty sword slipping from nerveless fingers to clatter on the stones. Then the cable snapped taut, and she was yanked off her feet into the waiting arms of the steel monster. She gave one brief cry as it wrenched the harpoon free. Then its great piston-driven fist simply crushed her and cast her mangled body aside. A peacekeeper? Here? Vincent frantically tried to make sense of what was happening. Looking around, Vincent realized that the battle was close to the barricade the Guild had set up when it established quarantine. They must have assumed the battle was coming to them and responded. Of course, they couldn't have gotten cleared for a peacekeeper this quickly. Vincent clenched his fists as he realized the implication. The Guild had been mobilizing to wipe out the people here already. The Guild weren't going to let a few consumption-ridden poor folk relegate any more of their precious city to the quarantine zone. "'Take cover!' Vincent shouted, and the remaining followers scattered. Vincent crouched behind a chunk of masonry and tried to assess the enemy forces. Behind the peacekeeper, shapes wearing guard uniforms and gas masks were moving through the smoke, but he couldn't be sure how many. The peacekeeper was swinging its low-slung head from side to side, searching for new targets. Beside the huge construct, Mara's shattered remains began to glow. The light was darker this time, rising higher to form a human shape. Vincent's breath caught in his throat. Though the smoke was thick, every detail of Mara shone clearly in a dark light. Her ghostly form erupted free from her body her ethereal face a mask of grim determination. Sweeping up her discarded sword and shield, Mara wasted no time rejoining the battle. To his right, Vincent saw Reva raise a hand. She was still astride her horse, standing in the open, but the swirling smoke must have kept the peacekeeper from noticing her. Vincent wanted to shout at her, to make her see the danger, but she wore a look of such intense concentration that he kept silent. Despite Mara's spirit having left her body, slender streams of light continued to drift from it, and as Reva gestured they grew and flowed together into a crooked shape that reminded Vincent of a praying mantis' upraised limbs, poised and ready to strike. Mara charged the looming construct, her huge blade clattering just like steel against its thick armor plates. It lurched to face her, a massive claw sweeping a deadly arc through the smoke. Reva made a sharp gesture and the light from Mara's body lashed out once, twice. With a shower of sparks and the sound of shearing metal, the peacekeeper's left leg came free, and unable to balance, it crashed to the ground. Mara, triumphant, batted one of its claws aside with her shield and speared her sword through its head, pinning it down and twisting. With a horrendous grinding sound, the construct shuddered and stopped moving. Shouts of retreat filtered through the smoke, along with a few stray shots of covering fire. "'They'll be back, with reinforcements,' Vincent called to Reva. "'Do we pursue them?' she smiled. "'That won't be necessary,' she told him, just before the first distant scream began and was abruptly cut off. "'The Unliving finally caught up to us. "'Come, we must see to Simeon.' "'Simeon was still kneeling in place, "'his face deathly pale under the smeared ash.' a pool of blood soaking into the street around him. His eyes were a little glassy, and his gaze was fixed on his hands, lying a few feet away in the dirt. Reva guided her horse closer, ghostly light playing around her hands. I can help you, Simeon, she soothed. It's time for you to take the next step on your journey. I know you're in pain, but it will be over soon. I will guide you through the veil." Are you ready? Simeon stared up at Reva, as if seeing her for the first time. His mouth fell open in a silent, terrified scream. Good, Reva said, and the spectral light sliced from her outstretched hand. Simeon's head landed with a thump, followed shortly by the rest of his body. When the fires were under control, and the dead had all been accounted for, Vincent found Reva sitting alone by the clinic's fireplace. She raised her head as he approached. Vincent, do you think me a monster? He couldn't read her expression, but her voice wavered ever so slightly. I asked myself that question after you killed Simeon. And? "'I choose to believe that you acted for the right reasons. "'I don't trust your power, but,' he shrugged, "'I trust you.' "'Thank you,' she said quietly. "'The Guild will send soldiers to investigate the fires. "'We can't stay here. "'We should leave and take any who are willing "'so we can reorganize and plan what comes next.' "'Riva nodded, looking distant. "'Very well, Vincent.' I trust you, too. Gather up those who are loyal, and we shall make our way. There may be others who can help us. That's it for another episode of the Breachside Broadcast. Join us next time for more Tales of Malifaux.